Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Sharp Lessons Podcast, everybody. It is week one. We're getting ready for week one of college football. Ben Wittenstein. Nate Jacobson, the professor, we have finally made it. It is the start of September. College football is right around the corner, literally tonight as we record. I could not be more excited. Finally able to talk best bets and not just like we zero best bets, but actually a full slate of college football, Nate. Absolutely. Happy September 1st, everyone. The start of football. Happy holidays. It's a beautiful time. <laughs> and after looking at all these teams and all the numbers and previewing, now we get to see if we're right about are how we forecasted some of these teams i know it's good to be bad for sure it's early but at least we'll get the answer which is what we've been waiting for all all summer so ready to get into it we wanted to record this early on a thursday because there are some uh, games that we like sides we like that are playing this evening i guess for the regular season and once we get to nfl starting next week maybe it'll be a little bit later in the afternoon on thursday but we wanted to make sure to talk about some of the Thursday evening games so you guys can bet on it if you agree with us. Yeah, and again, you can follow all the stuff on Twitter at Stadium Bets. We'll be posting videos. We'll be posting our best bets video that you can go on Twitter and watch if you uh, miss it during the, uh, the episode. But we have a lot of college football bets to give. We have best bets for college football. And then next week, when the NFL starts, we'll have best bets for college and NFL. So it'll be a full Best Bets episode will be Picks Thursday. I guess we have to call it now. It was Picks Friday last year, but we're going to be doing Thursday, so it'll be Picks Thursday. But we got everything you need. Yep, excited to do it. Uh, just today, though, college football week one, and then we'll yeah. go NFL heavy next week with NFL week one, and, of course, college football week two. And we got some fun segments, too, that yep. we want to debut. So let's get into it. We got our picks, college football picks. Um, obviously, no NFL picks this week. We'll have that next week, so this is going to all be college football. And Nate... As we look at our notes, it seems like we have very similar bets for at least some of these games. So let's start with some of these uh, Thursday games that are happening tonight as we release this episode. Uh, West Virginia-Pittsburgh. Game's at 6 o'clock. Pittsburgh is a 7, 7.5 point favorite. And we're on the other side. We like West Virginia in a battle of uh, former USC quarterbacks. Yeah, and a former rival, a big rivalry, the uh, backyard brawl. Two teams that played in the Big East at one point, and... I'm going to take the points with West Virginia, mostly a play against Pittsburgh. I think they're going to take a big step back. Remember last year, Pitt won the ACC, but they also had a pretty dynamic offense with Kenny Pickett, who was a first-round pick in the NFL draft, Jordan Addison, who is now at USC, Mm -hmm. and then offensive coordinator Mark Whipple, who might not be very popular after uh, Nebraska's loss on Saturday in Week 0 in Dublin. He's now the offensive coordinator of Nebraska. But he definitely took Pittsburgh to new heights. And before him and last season, under Pat Narduzzi, Pittsburgh was kind of the standard 8-4, and 7-5 team, going to run the ball, play good defense. And it sounds like, by all indications, they're going to go back to that system of running the ball, shortening the game, kind of protecting Narduzzi's defense, who he hasn't really been able to 
to fully figure out and become a really good unit like we thought he would. So a play against Pittsburgh, and you mentioned the USC transfers, Pittsburgh's quarterback, Keaton Slovis, who was a starter last year, and then JT Daniels, who was at USC, then transferred to Georgia, mm-hmm. started the season for Georgia last year, got hurt, Stetson Bennett took the job, never gave it up. So JT Daniels on his third uh, program in his college career, but I still have some high hopes for him. He was a highly touted recruit big talent he reunites with offensive coordinator Graham Harrell who's now the offensive coordinator at West Virginia so I think there can be some good things from West Virginia's offense where they could you know keep up in this game and if they are down then they can maybe even backdoor cover because they have the offensive pieces to do so so like West Virginia plus seven and a half and uh, I think we'll talk about them in the uh, the live dog or the dogs with bikes segment as someone who Put a little bit on the money line just in case Pittsburgh is truly disappointing after last season's magical year. Yeah, and I like the offensive line that JT Daniels is going to have. That's going to be important against a really good pit defense. And the the main reason, just even just looking at this game immediately, I thought it was too big of a line because we know Pittsburgh has a really good defense and we know yeah. Pittsburgh can be a good team, but they are losing so much. And when you lose a quarterback like Kenny Pickett, there's a lot of unknowns with that team, and there's a lot of unknowns with West Virginia as well. We're not really sure how they're going to come out, what type of improvement they're going to have. But the fact that both of these teams are relatively unknown, if you're getting a spread that's long, larger than a touchdown, I'm just going to take that based on just the fact that there's so many unknowns. I, I, you're just kind of betting that there's enough that you don't know that the spread is probably going to end up being closer than a touchdown. Yeah, I agree. And in, in college football, there's so many unknowns because we don't get a preseason. Yeah. A lot of the teams like kind of keep practice reports under wraps, not like the NFL where we get like a lot of you see so knowledge much. and like play by plays of training camp. So I think in the first couple of weeks, it's good to kind of stray away from maybe some of the group thing picks and kind of be okay with being on an Island. If you, think it's right and making a bet because a lot of people we just don't know these are kids between 18 and 21 these aren't professionals so I think early in the year it's fine to take some chances in terms of betting underdogs in high variance situations because we don't know what these teams are especially now with the transfer portal and so much turnover in college football year over year. It's not like it used to be where school kid would stay three years no matter what, and there'd be continuity. There's not much continuity in college football, and I think Pitt is going to have a little bit of a difficult time this year after last year they did so well. Yeah, I 100% agree. So I, we both like West Virginia plus 7.5 tonight. Purdue plus 3.5, and, a half. and- mentioning Purdue at plus 3.5, it seems that there has been a good amount of people on Purdue as a home dog. So it's time to debut our newest segment, the sexy pick. And the sexy pick, Nate, is a pick that it seems like a lot of people suddenly are on because a few, you know, sharps, a few people who know what they're talking about start to be on this game early in the week. You start to see a kind of snowball where more and more people start really betting this. Usually it's an underdog. Usually it's like a home dog or a team that people, if you just look at the game by itself, shouldn't expect them to win. But suddenly people are on it, and it seems like that's what it's like with Purdue. So this is the sexy pick. That's what the topic, that's what the segment's going to be. It's like teams that a lot of people suddenly are on that you wouldn't expect to win the game. They like the spread, possibly in an underdog situation. And Purdue's that team playing Penn State at home week one. Yeah, and and in some cases I think the sexy pick can be like maybe a team to be aware of. Um, If you like them later in the week, just say like maybe there's some – 
I don't know, recency bias to the pick. That's yeah. why people like him. And or, if you see a lot of people on him and the line doesn't move too, right. that's something to be aware of. Well, in this game, every time the line has gone to Penn State favored by three, it's gone up to three and a half. So I think there's a little bit of a battle there where people like Purdue at plus three and a half, which we could get as of Thursday morning and what we like. And then once it gets to three, people are laying it with Penn State. I think the reason they're a popular pick is Purdue – just that home atmosphere on a Thursday night against a Penn State team that last two years struggled is attractive. I know Purdue lost a lot in David Bell, wide receiver, George Karloftis, star pass rusher, and it's hard to replace players at a program like Purdue like that. But they do have a good quarterback at Aiden O'Connell, who I think is a little bit more of a dynamic player than Sean Clifford. And, yeah, this is a game that Purdue in the past has gotten up for. I know it sounds a little narrative-y, but last year against Michigan State in a raucous atmosphere. They knocked off the Spartans in a tough spot. And I know it's week one and Penn State's ready to go and there's no like rest issues or yep. there, um, there travel are a lot of issues. There's like a uh, sneaky pick for to do really well this year, kind of like Penn uh, State. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I could see Purdue taking a step back. And I, I'm just not a huge James Franklin guy. So I'm, I'm, I'm on, good reason. I'm going to be on Purdue in, in some way a little bit and have a little bit on the, uh, on the Boilermakers money line, even though it feels like uh, I'm kind of going with the public and that they're the uh, the trendy underdog or the sexy pick of the week, as we mentioned. Sexy pick of the week. You hate when Purdue is the sexy pick of the week. But, Nate, it <laughs> wouldn't be, as an IU fan, it wouldn't be the first time Penn State opens up its season in the state of Indiana and loses. So right. it's happened before. <laughs> Why can't it happen again against Purdue? Yeah, so if and that was ball, a uh, that was in an empty stadium. It wasn't an empty stadium. In, uh, so the COVID year, twenty twenty. You got to expect, uh, I guess, a raucous Purdue crowd. I, I don't know. I, oh, for sure. I don't love saying a raucous Purdue crowd as as an IU alum. Oh, but they'll, they'll get up for they they'll up. get up for this game, and and Jeff Brom's still there, so yeah. Hopefully, he can kind of scheme some stuff against. Uh, New defensive coordinator for Penn State, Manny Diaz, who I don't think much of as a DC. Yeah, so I, I love fading Franklin and Penn State as much as I can, if I can, in situations like this, especially when it seems like they're pretty high on themselves, which is I always be cautious about. So I do like this Purdue plus three and a half pick. Speaking of Indiana plays, I'm on the IU money line against Illinois at home, and that, that spread keeps dropping. I was I put it in our notes last night and it was IU minus three and I was okay with betting IU minus three laying the laying the field goal with the Hoosiers. Now it's minus one. I'm just going to take them on the money line minus one twenty five. And if you're listening to this on Thursday, that line might drop even more by Friday. And it's possible Indiana's just home dogs to start the season against Illinois based on how well Fighting Illini looked against Wyoming in Week Zero. So I, I'm going to take Indiana. I think seemingly Connor Bazelak's going to start. Your favorite quarterback of all time, uh, Connor Bazelak. Good luck. Mizzou. Good luck. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I, uh, I'm i not super excited about him, but I do think Indiana, in a season like this where the win totals four, a lot of people are overlooking them. And it's the perfect situation for Indiana to do something that surprises people. And this is that's just the type of football team that they are. And in a situation like this, if they start, if they actually become underdogs, if it's a pick them to start the game at kickoff, I do think Indiana can still win this game. Um, they they have a really good recruiting class this past season. Defense, Tom Allen's going to be calling defensive plays, which is a bit of a change. I think they can win this game against an Illinois team that people saw looked good. It was against Wyoming, though. It was against Wyoming. So there, I don't fully buy the narrative of Illinois being as good of a team as people might think they are, at least that the market seems to think that they are. So I'm going to take the IU money line. 
Yeah, I don't think I have much to add on this game because I have uh, Indiana regular season wins under four and a half. So <laughs> yeah, I have them over four. So I don't go. think I'll a win. be adding more against Indiana because I do have a pretty big bet on that uh, under four and a half. And I hope Illinois wins. And I think I'll be in that hurts. pretty good shape if the uh, if the if the Hoosiers start zero and one in terms of that win total bet. So maybe all that's Connor all I'm going to say. Connor Baselak just needed a little change of scenery. Now now he's going to be good. Yeah, we'll see. Get out of we'll the zoo. See. We'll find out Friday night. <laughs> you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. All right, who else do you have? Uh, do you have anything for Thursday or Friday, or can we go on to Saturday? Uh, if, let's yeah, let's do. Um, don't you have a Thursday oh, yeah. night game? We have uh, a Minnesota. I know there's State. there's some some pretty good games on Thursday, but I think one of the most <laughs> interesting storylines is the uh, New Mexico State Minnesota game, where Jerry Kill, former Minnesota coach, yeah. is playing against his former team. And there's a little bit of a beef, I believe, between Jerry Kill and current Golden Gophers head coach, P.J. Fleck. Yeah, they don't like each other. And seemingly the funny part about that is I think Jerry Kill doesn't like P.J. Fleck more than P.J. Fleck doesn't like Jerry Kill. So that's kind of Which, funny to me. Knowing P.J. Fleck's vibe and his yeah. his kind of rah-rah, row-the-boat attitude, I'm, I could be seeing like a, older coaches in college football not liking yeah. him. He wears a, a shirt, and, shirt and tie on the sideline. Yeah. Like, it makes... It makes sense. I wouldn't be. I'm not shocked that Jerry Kill doesn't doesn't like Minnesota. And I know you're on the under. I'm on the under. And I, I will I was, just say I'm a little worried that if PJ Fluck could run up the score, he will, and that they can get 53 or 53 under the half by themselves. See, I was thinking almost the opposite. I was thinking if if what I was reading about this beef is true, it seemingly seems to me that PJ Fleck still has some type of respect for Jerry Kill. Seemingly, it seems like Jerry Kill dislikes him more. So if that's the case, maybe he tries to extend an olive branch and they're up by a lot and he's just like, all right, we're not going to try to pound on the score. We have respect for Jerry Kill. He's back here after having to leave Minnesota with health issues. I don't want to embarrass him. I could see that happening. And then Minnesota just takes the second half and kind of cruises by. New Mexico State is not scoring more than 10 points. There's no way that yeah. New Mexico State is scoring more than 10 points. And we could have a whole show based on New, Mexican, <laughs> New Mexico State week zero performance because I was on plus nine as a Oof. best bet. And they had, they had an interception. They threw a pick in the end zone with another chance to get a field goal. It was just a disaster of a game. Yep. So I'm just going to fade New Mexico State as much as I can. I don't think they score many points. I don't know if Minnesota can score 45, 50 points by themselves. I don't know if they even want to. So I'm going under 53. That total has gone up uh, a little bit. It, it was up at like high 50s, went back down to like 51, 52. Now it's going back up to 53. I'll take the under 53. I'll, I'll make that one of my bets for this week. Um, that's just it's too many points where one team is going to struggle to score every single time they have the ball. Just really hope there's not pick sixes. There might be one. <laughs> there might be two. But as long as Minnesota can hover around 40, 41 points, I think the under hits. All right, let's go on to Saturday, and we'll share the best bets we have at the end. But yep. just some other plays I have on Saturday. 
like Cincinnati plus six and a half right now. I'm waiting for that plus seven. Definitely going to have them in some way on the money line. And Cincinnati obviously lost a lot. Desmond Ritter, leading rusher Jerome Ford, leading receiver Alec Pierce, who's now on the Colts. And then fourth overall pick, Sauce Gardner, shut down corner. So when a team like that loses that much, you expect a big drop-off. And sure, they're definitely going to have a huge drop-off from a team that made the college football playoff. But they do return all five guys on the offensive line. They've been recruiting very well under Luke Fickle. Luke Fickle's a coach I trust to get the most out of his team. And now they're playing an Arkansas team that's favorite. But Arkansas has a lot of big games coming up, including an X-Week conference game against South Carolina. And they rely on running the ball a lot. They lose their best wide receiver, Traylon Burks. So I don't think they're going to be able to score a lot of points quickly against a Cincinnati team that still is pretty strong in the trenches. So Cincinnati, a team that was battle-tested last year, playing against an SEC team in the Cotton Bowl in the college football playoff. So they're not going to be scared about going to Fayetteville on yeah. Saturday. And I like Luke Fickle a lot in this underdog role, and if I can get plus seven, I'll be on the Bearcats. There you go. That's you. You were scouring, scouring the websites this morning. Just <laughs> you said out loud, "Just give me a plus seven, please. I need a plus I seven. Did. <laughs> I did. I would love a plus seven, especially in college football. If the game goes in overtime. Do you think it gets up there? I think it could. It was at seven for a lot of the summer, so bad job by me, kind of waiting until this sure. week to realize I like Cincinnati. Once it got to six and a half and six. But it did go from six to six and a half. So, I don't know. Maybe there's a little bit of a chance that that happens. Oh, we'll see. Maybe. I'll be patient. And, uh, yeah. But I'll still bet the Bearcats at, at plus six and a half and hopefully like a plus two to 200 on the money line. Even though they are going to take a huge step back this year, mm-hmm. I still like what was in place um, for the Bearcats just because of the, the new coach who I'm sure the players love that he has stayed – loyal to the Cincinnati program despite a lot of coaches changing places and him getting a lot of interest from other schools and him continuing to be the Cincinnati coach. So I yeah, think right. the players probably love playing for Luke Fickle. All right, you got one more game Saturday? Sure. So Utah is a bet for me. I bet that back in July at a cheaper money line. Mm-hmm. Um, at minus three, I would pass at Florida. However, I think on game day there could be some Florida money at okay. plus three. So if you can get anything Utah under a field goal, I would take the Utes or a, a cheap money line like minus 130. So I think there's a chance that number can come back. So I don't want to be patting myself on the back for betting a, a number that doesn't exist anymore, but I think there's an opportunity for that number to come back down. Just because Florida – so Utah, a team we like a lot, obviously. Yep. Physical team. Florida has depth issues from kind of poor recruiting over the last few years of Dan Mullen. But – it is a tough game for Utah in theory of a Pac-12 team going to an SEC territory, a hot human night in Gainesville expected. Mm-hmm. Like there's definitely a lot that could go wrong just based on history of Pac-12 against SEC. I'm hoping that Utah's a little bit different and and the continuity that continuity that they have can overcome some of the obstacles and just Florida not being good right away. So I also have a lot on Utah's win total so I don't want to, you know, invest too much um, more, fair. I guess, on the Utes. But I am on Utah, and I'd recommend that bet if you can get them at a field goal or less, or less than a field goal, two and a half or better. So let's do our other new segment. We had a sexy pick, which was Purdue plus three and a half. Next one, dogs with bite. <laughs> 
It is a parlay time. We didn't do a lot of parlays last year, so I think no. it's time we we start and, getting in the parlay game a little bit. Yeah, I don't want to make like a habit of parlaying like our spread picks and things, but yep. I think on a college football Saturday, and there's only like twelve or thirteen of them a year. You want to have uh, a there's twelve action. like full ones where, and I mentioned earlier in the show, there's a lot of variance in the sport where you could take advantage of some of big money lines and upsets happen. So parlaying just a couple underdogs three to four maybe round robbing them in some some cases and you get a pretty good payout and hit one and that pretty much pays for your whole season so it's true i think the candidates and and make sure to uh bet this right away if you want to follow along but west virginia purdue i'm gonna throw arkansas or um sorry cincinnati in the mix against arkansas on saturday and uh, that's pretty much it for me in terms of those three. But it's underdog money. Lines. I think those are the uh, the three underdog money lines that I'm going to have in some sort of small parlay, and we'll we'll do this the rest of the year. It'll be a little easier later in the year when all the games are on Saturday, um, so you have more time to bet it. But we'll definitely uh, have a piece of all three teams in a in a small money line parlay that probably pays over twenty to one. Yeah, that'd be great. Listen, I, I believe Purdue can definitely win the game. West Virginia winning is going to be a bit tougher, for sure. I think that might be the toughest one. Cincinnati, I could, I, I think they're good enough to be able to beat Arkansas, even on the road. So you, you put all three in a money line parlay, sprinkle a little bit on that. It's a good winner right there, and that's Dogs with Bite. We're, we're going to do Dogs with Bite every single week. We'll, we'll come up with some good underdog parlays yep. for everybody. Um, it's time to get into best bets, Nate. We got best bets first time, week one. We both have some good best bets. Uh, and we could start with that Oregon-Georgia game because yep. that's the game we both have a bet for. That's going to be one of the premier games of the weekend. Uh, and we are both uh, – both of our bets kind of relate to each other. I, I like so. I like Oregon. I like the underdog, plus 17.5. If you can get them at plus 17.5, jump on that if that's still available. Uh, plus 17, I think, is okay. Anything less, you're kind of treading in, in dangerous waters. But I do like it up to 17.5. Um, I, I just think Oregon is too good of a team to be – getting this many points against Georgia. We all know Georgia's great. We all know what they can bring to the table. They're, they're national championship contenders probably this year. But don't count out Oregon. Dan Lanning has a really good squad. Bo Nix, I believe in Bo Nix. I'll say it. I believe <laughs> in Bo Nix, and I, I don't want to be burned by that, and I know I've been burned by that in the past. But I think this team is good enough. They're surrounding him with good enough talent, wide receiving, tight ends, Offensive line hopefully holds up for him, but they have the defense. I, I think this team is much better than 17.5-point underdogs to Georgia. So I'm going to take Oregon. I'm going to take the Ducks week one in Atlanta. So I have the under in this game, and if Oregon covers, I'll I'll like the chance that the game there also go. goes under. And, and the reason I like the under and also can make the argument for Oregon plus the points and agree with you is Dan Lanning was an assistant for Kirby Smart the last four seasons at Georgia and the defensive coordinator the last three years. And they obviously had that amazing defense together that they built, had five first-round picks in this April's draft. So they lose a lot of talent, Georgia. But I also think that Kirby Smart's not going to want to run up the score if he has the opportunity to against a coach that is a friend, I'm assuming, and a guy he respects a lot because they won a national title together. And when Lanning took the job at Oregon, and he focused still on – leading Georgia in the playoff and ended up winning a national title. So I think Smart has too much respect for Dan Lanning to run up the score. Yeah. So whenever there's a lot of familiarity, I always like looking at the under, and there's so much familiarity here in terms of Lanning being the Georgia coach, just kind of knowing the team. 
I also like that Kirby Smart has faced Bo Nix already three times in his college career from his days back at Auburn. So the familiarity, the not wanting to run up the score, just the idea that the, both teams' defenses are probably ahead of their offenses. Even though Georgia lost a lot on defense, they still recruit at a high level, so they'll re- be able to yeah, slowly replace good. those players. And they still have Stetson Bennett, a game manager at quarterback. So I think this is going to be a slow game. I guess a, another worry is Mercedes-Benz Stadium, where this game is being played at. Usually a pretty fast track, but I think all those other factors outweigh that, and under 53 is a best bet for me. Yeah, I like it. So I, I got I got the underdog spread. You you have the under. Hopefully both of those hit in that game. Uh, we both have one more. You have an under in, uh, in an ACC game. Yeah, same stadium, actually. Yeah. Monday night, standalone game. There Clemson favored by 22.5 against uh, Georgia Tech, yeah. which is a technically a home game for Georgia Tech because they have one game a year at that stadium. Both teams with new offensive coordinators. I think both teams just with a lot of questions on offense – Clemson's offense was really bad last season. It was their defense that kind of kept them from having a really embarrassing season. And Georgia Tech has a new offensive coordinator, Chip Long. They also lost their best offensive player from last season, Jameer Gibbs, who, by the way, is the running back for the number one team in the country, Alabama. So if Alabama thought highly of him and made him their starting running back already, then I'm sure that it's going to be hard to – for Georgia Tech to replace a player – with that kind of production. So I'm tempted to just lay the points of Clemson, but because I don't really trust Clemson's defense or offense um, rather to cover this big of a number, I'm just going to bet the under in this yeah. game. I don't think Georgia tech is going to be scoring a lot. And with question marks about Clemson's offense, I think that the under is the better way to go. Although if you do want to go Clemson minus the points or Georgia Tech team total or something like that, I wouldn't blame you. But for best bet purposes, under 51, Clemson, Georgia Tech on Monday night. like it. Two unders for your best bet. Uh, I have an over, not in a total game, but team total. You know how much I love team totals. Oh, yeah. And as much as I hate Ohio State and rooting for them, they make me money. They make me money when <laughs> I bet their team totals. And any time, this is going to be a personal rule all season long, and after this weekend, I'm not sure how many more times I'm going to get this, but anytime Ohio State's team total is under 40, I'm taking the over. Because this is a team that even just last season, they averaged 48.9 points a game at home. They averaged 45 points a game in general. And not a ton has changed on the offense. They lose Chris Olave. That is a huge loss. But they still have Jackson Smith and Jigba. They still have a great quarterback and a great offense and a great coach. I think this team can score more than 38.5 on Notre Dame. And I know Notre Dame has a really good defense, but Ohio State's at home. First game, this is this is the year they, they probably go to the national title game. And they probably win the national title game if it's against someone other team other than Alabama. But that's for a different day. But I do like Ohio State over 38.5. I, I do think this is a team that can put up 50 points. Every, every single game they play can put up 50 points. Yeah, and this game opened way back in the summer. Ohio State minus 10.5. It got up to 18. Now it's kind of settled in at 17, 17 and a half. I guess the over would be the way I look. And if you like, you know, Ohio State's offense to be one of the best units in the country, then yep. the team total. So I won't have any, um, I won't talk you out of that at all. I, I kind of like it and I'll probably have tail it because I don't really feel comfortable laying that much with Ohio State especially a game that's moved so much. Yep. I, I just think it's going to be a high-scoring game. The, the total, if you like the over, 
I appreciate it as well. But I think Ohio State team total over 38.5. You can get a minus 105. You don't even have to lay a lot for that. No, nope. I love it. Ohio State over 38.5. I think they do that. So those are our best bets. Nate, you have the under in the Oregon-Georgia game and the Georgia Tech-Clemson game. I have Oregon plus 17.5 in the Ohio State team total over 38.5. Those are our best bets for week one. We are keeping track on a Google Sheet that uh, we could put out there. We can tweet it out at some point just with all of our picks so you can kind of see it. We want to be transparent with it. Um, so we will have that last year again. I think we hit 55% of all our bets for the for the best bets. So we're trying to go for even better, 56 57% if we can. Um, so that, that starts now. Week one, Nate. I'm excited. Yep, let's go. It's uh, Thursday night. Starts right away. Make sure to get those bets in if you agree with us. And then... Saturday, I would say the advice is these lines have been out for three to four months. If you don't like something, don't force it. There's going to be plenty yeah. of opportunities throughout the season. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, make sure to don't blow your bankroll <laughs> on <laughs> don't, Saturday. Yes, don't exactly. do a week one. Be it's smart. There's, uh, it is tempting for sure, but make sure to uh, save some money because this is a, a long grind with college football and then NFL being 18 weeks plus the playoffs so yeah. uh definitely in it for the the long haul in the season and uh looking forward to it it's always a exciting time of year that thir- thursday of week one when there's a bunch of games on all right good luck to everybody and uh we will see you back on uh tuesday previewing nfl we're excited